0: Before we begin today's show, how does 25-year-old two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo get drafted 15th overall in a week draft class? Adrian Wojnarski invests the twists and turns that led to a franchise and league-altering selection in 2013. It's a three-part series that tells this unique story and includes interviews with all the individuals close to the process, as well as a one-on-one sit-down with Giannis himself. Check out the Woj Pod special. The Giannis Draft, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which this is part two of the low post Hoop Collective crossover that we're doing this week. And we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Zach, we recorded last night relatively late. Um, but it wasn't late enough, and I don't know what late enough would have been. I think it would have had to have been one or two in the morning. Now I know you went to sleep because you, you, and I want to know what happened when you woke up and you saw everything that the Milwaukee Bucks had done. Take me through your experience.
1: So I had had a very, um, I was I was super low on sleep, super low, which was just a mistake going into this week, and so I wrote a big hardened column yesterday. And we got to about 11 o'clock, and I thought, I know some stuff is buzzing, but I'm going to take my chances, and I'm going to try to get seven to eight hours of sleep. And I tossed and turned for a bit, and I woke up at like 1.30, and the Drew thing had already happened. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm just I just I guess I'm just up now for a while and uh, trying to figure out what's going on. So I was up trying not to wake up the house. And I, this is a very familiar experience. Same thing has happened with Kawhi and PG uh, in the summer of whatever it was. And uh, 2019, I guess. And um, then I was just working and then I stole a couple more hours of sleep earlier in the morning and then back at it again. So, yeah, the bucks. uh the bucks made us burn the midnight oil, but it was quite a night in Milwaukee. That's for sure.
0: So I have no idea whether, how much this will hold up. So bear with us. We're, we're trying our best. Um, so it wasn't quite, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, which all came together so fast, uh, relatively late. I was on the West coast at the time, so it wasn't that late, but it was, I think it was pretty late out East. um, but it was a pretty big move. It was a pretty big move. Um, you, I think you and I had both talked about Bogdanovich um, maybe being a buck. So it's a bit of a surprise in the fact that free agency doesn't start till Friday and a free agent deal has already been uh, done. But we'll leave that alone. Let the league handle that. Um, but drew I don't, I don't know day. about you. I
1: can't sleep at night, Brian. I can't sleep at night knowing that someone <laughs> has jumped the gun. I can't. Well, I, I won't st- I won't stand for it and I can't stand for it. And my whole day has been ruined.
0: Somebody was complaining to me about it today, you know, an executive. And I was like, and I was like, who's going to file the tampering charge? Sacramento? Sacramento's participating in the sign and trade. So, that's a good point. Um,
1: Maybe a team that might have had interest in signing Bogdan Bogdanovich to an offer sheet.
0: That's true. But I think you have to pay for a tampering investigation. You think it's worth it? <laughs> you
1: got um, to really love Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I do. I like Bogdan. And he, as you said, he has been uh, one of the apples of their eyes in Milwaukee for quite a while now.
0: Yeah. Um, so the bucks are <clears throat> operating with <clears throat> what's the correct verb.
1: You're asking me for a verb, but just have to ask me to name a verb.
0: No. no yeah. Go. Um, What's the correct verb for the way the Bucks are operating? Um, they operating. Hmm, they're operating under the belief that Giannis is going to resign. It is not a hundred percent, but they don't do these deals unless they feel really good about it. They feel better about it now than they did before, and I think some people feel like these deals are being done to woo Giannis. I don't think that's happening, Zach. I think the Bucks are operating with knowledge. Um, and they're, they're doing these, knowing that these players they're acquiring are going to be with them for the foreseeable future with Giannis alongside them. Whether or not that's a mistake, we'll see. But I think there's a lot of excitement in Milwaukee, and I think there's a lot of excitement within the Giannis group right now. And I think the momentum will continue.
1: I think it's both. I would put it like this. The deals were meant, they were operating with, I we've both written, I think, that the Bucks have been confident. And from my perspective, almost startlingly confident about Giannis signing some kind of deal with them, whether it's the Supermax or something shorter, for quite a while now. More confident than I was, frankly. Uh, I bet, I didn't bet money, but I bet very tight because you, I think you should, you have to try I bet very tentatively that he would not sign the Supermax this summer. What I meant by that was, and again, very tentatively, I said, I don't know what he's going to do, but you force a gun to my head, I would bet he doesn't sign the Supermax, the five-year Supermax. But they've been confident he's going to sign something. I've taken note of that confidence. I've downloaded it for months now. I've digested it. But I also think that confidence was not anything close to certainty, anything close to 100%. And I, and I don't think it precluded them from feeling we have to do something to up our confidence level from let's say 75% to wherever you think it is today, 90, 95, 85, 93.7. I don't know. So I think it can be both. I think it can be wooing, but wooing from a position of of strength that was probably more confident than than certainly I was and a lot of outsiders were.
0: But I'm just saying, like I see people saying, oh my God, they just traded all these picks for Drew Holiday, who's got one year left on his contract, and Giannis has one year left on his contract. This could explode in their face. They just traded for Bogdanovich. He's going to be their best player when both these guys walk in a year. I suppose that's possible. But they are operating like, A, Giannis is resigning. B, Drew Holiday, which he can't do until February, Um, Drew Holiday is going to extend. They believe that. But you don't and,
1: you don't give up three picks and two swaps if you don't believe it.
0: Of course, and Bogdanovich is coming to to Milwaukee to play with Giannis, and Bogdanovich and Giannis have been communicating with each other. I don't think Giannis lets Bogdanovich come. I think, I think you know, I I, I agree that it's not done. Nothing's done. You know, as far as I know, as of today, at least Giannis, I think, was still in Greece. So until I've he's the same. until he's, I mean, he can sign it in Greece. Remember when um. Boris Diaw signed his contract on a yacht in the Mediterranean.
1: Of, of course, Boris Diaw did that. That's probably the I think the third most fun Boris Diaw contract signing story. If we actually <laughs> right. dug into all of them,
0: I mean, Giannis could sign his contract in Greece, but I mean, the assumption is when he comes back, he will, he will, you know, bless this. Um, it's a hell of a move by the Bucks. Um, where do you think this team, before we know what the Milwaukee uh, or before we know what the Brooklyn Nets are going to be? When you look at this team, when you look at a starting five of, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Giannis Atenacumpo, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, what, what is that team to you?
1: Well, first of all, that's all I see is a starting five. Well, they only mean, they have only got
0: seven guys under contract. They have a guys couple,
1: yeah, they have a couple more guys um, who are – Probably not going to be part of the rotation. Um, I love the starting the starting five is is dynamite. Um, it's interesting because it's very switchable, other than Lopez. Um, so it opens the door for a little more schematic flexibility, except that the position where you need the most schematic flexibility on defense. Um, but you know, they're going to need another player or two to get to the Giannis at center lineups, which I think should be a big part of their rotation. They're obviously going to have. I think they have about 15 million dollars if you write in about 17-18 for Bogdanovich, which is my assumption is going to be around there. They have about mm, You think higher? Mm, lower. lower. I lower? Think lower. Yeah, if, I think it's I if it's below 15 I'll be surprised. You think lower yeah, than
0: 15? I think that's the ballpark.
1: Okay. Well, whatever it is, they they don't have much before they hit the hard cap which now applies to them about 15-16-17 million and they got they got to fill a lot of spots and it's interesting because They've upgraded their shooting. Although I don't I think Bogdanovich in this role will be a very good shooter. I think Drew Holiday is not as good a shooter as people think he is, playing off of Giannis. He'll probably be a little better, obviously better than Eric Bledsoe. Um, but they didn't get, I mean, Bogdanovich is a decent Bogdanovich and Holiday are good creators, right? They're not traditional point guards although that has been a role that drew holiday has tried to be the sh- teams have tried to shoehorn him into that role with not much success i think he's more of a combo guard better off the ball so you know when push comes to shove middleton bogdanovich holiday they have a lot of good secondary third ball handler types they didn't really get, I mean, this is why people were sort of fixated on the Chris Paul thing, which which, as i reported, as you reported weeks ago, like we have both we both have reported this several times, I think. There was never any traction to it. There was never any talks really, to my knowledge. It was never a thing, was never going to be a thing. But that's why people fixated on it. It's like, can I is there someone on the ball handling hierarchy above Giannis late in games? And and I don't think they found that, but certainly that starting five is going to be absolutely dynamite. I trust them to fill out a bench. Um and they have some interesting options to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think as of now, which is as of now really doesn't mean anything. You know, you mentioned what the Nets might do. Other teams will do stuff. But as of now, they probably enter, you know, at the same perch they, they stopped last season at, which is the favorites to get the number one seed in the East, which no one's going to throw you a party anymore if you get the number one seed in the East in Milwaukee.
0: Right. So um, I will say this. Uh, they have some work to do on their roster. According to Bobby Marks, Bobby is planning on um, Bogdanovich to sign a a contract that starts about 15 million a year. And that leaves them uh, about 12 and a half million left under the hard. The reason they're hard capped is because when you receive a player in a sign and trade, um, you are hard capped. So they have a, I think Bobby's numbers, I mean, hope I don't have this wrong. I think they have about 12 and a half million. So they have to fill out a roster. Uh, they have to sign uh, six players, I believe, for $12.5 million. Um, so, uh, and they, they need some depth there. So they're going to have to do some work. Pat Connaughton is a free agent. I think they'd like to bring him back, but you can't really pay him much more than the minimum. But the reason this is relevant... Couple,
1: I mean, and by the way, a couple of teams with cap room have asked me about Pat Connaughton in the past two weeks in a way that leads me to believe that they're not opposed to paying him Not a lot, but enough that it cuts deep into that 12 million, not deep, deep, but like enough that it's a five, five, six. I don't know what the number is, but But let me tell
0: you, let me tell you why this is remarkable. Because yesterday, Robin Lopez surprisingly opted out of his $5 million, which would have left them only 7 million to fill these spots. That's right. What do we think of that?
1: Uh Players don't make decisions like that typically unless they have something lined up that they like better. Or I, I guess there's always a chance that he loves Milwaukee. He loves playing with his brother. He'll do whatever it takes to be there. I don't I don't really know.
0: Okay. So anyway, they've got some work to do, but one of the things that I mean, I will tell you this. I mean, they did not trade for I mean, Drew Holiday has been an all-star. Um he is a, uh, he's exactly the type of player they needed. Uh, he's not an all star currently, but he's a uh, very high character guy. Um, but they have assets like, you know, if this doesn't work, they have assets that they could trade. So while they are hamstrung on future draft picks, you know, Bogdanovich will be an asset. Uh, Middleton will be harder to trade, but he'll be an asset. If Drew Holiday extends, he'll be an asset. So, they're not locked into this roster um and i I, I kind of like that just in case it doesn't work and they have to maneuver because once you trade this is one of the things that again I was hard on the Lakers they had nothing to trade last year the bucks have not will probably have not not much not much small to trade but if they had to do trades with any of these frontline guys they probably could down the line so i I like that about it I also think Bogdanovich is Absolutely, got a history of being nails in the clutch. His his reputation in Europe is of an absolute killer under pressure. We didn't see it in the three years he played in Sacramento because he played in almost zero high pressure games. But go look at his Euro League uh, and, and 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 Team Serbia record. The guy delivers in the clutch, and I and I think that that's underplayed. People don't know that about him. And if he brings that, he'll be extremely valuable. Because let's just be honest—I don't want to be rude, but Eric Bledsoe is not known for delivering in that. Well, then- I,
1: I'm a I'm a big fan of Bogdanovich. You don't have to sell me on Bogdanovich. He's a creative player. He's a smart, heady ball handler and passer. And and as you said, he is fearless. He's got a little bit of nasty to him, which which you need. I, I'm a I'm a fan, and actually, you know that part of the deal. I don't really have any issues with. I mean, I'm. I think I'm. I like Dante Divincenzo. I think I'm probably a little lower on him than the Kings are, and some other people who are fans of the deal from a, the Kings' perspective or uh, or are. Um, I think that's a totally fine transaction for for the Bucks. I think Bogdan is a really, really good player.
0: Also, the last time Drew Holiday was in the playoffs, he was seen dominating Damian Lillard at both ends
1: and guarding KD. You know well enough that you asked Durant about Drew Holiday and I did for a Drew Holiday profile and Durant will perk up and look at you in the eye and start talking about like there are five dude. Do- I mean not Durant's just one player but you know there are like three four dudes in this league who when they're guarding me I mean I'm Kevin Durant when they're guarding me I actually take notice of who they are because they're giving me some issues or they're making me really a little uncomfortable and, and he's one of them
0: and that right there is why I was high on these moves because they'd got two guys. Granted, it wasn't Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Granted, it wasn't Anthony Davis. They got two guys who I think materially helped them in the postseason. They materially helped them under pressure. They materially helped them, uh, you know, at both ends. That's why I liked it. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. One thing on SAC. I know their fans were disappointed. It's my understanding, and granted, Monty is, you know, Monty McNair has very been there very shortly, their new general manager. It's my understanding that they are they are looking to make deals where they have guys who may be more expensive and they may want to get younger. Um We'll see what, you know, right now, Buddy Heald's value isn't high. So my guess is they keep him, but, um, this is a move that indicates maybe a direction for Sacramento, which I know is not going to make Kings fans happy, but they didn't just do this willy nilly as a favor to Giannis. There, there's something that they're doing here.
1: Well, you and I were emailing about this last week, potentially to write a story on it. And we didn't quite get to it because, you know, some other things have happened in the NBA, but, um, there's something to that. There's something to that in terms of the messaging that agents and other executives have gotten from the Kings is not really we're rebuilding so much, like, but we're not rushing, we're not doing the thing everyone f- expects us to do and rush headlong to chase the eighth seed and 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 overspend or make a, a future for present kind of trade. The timeline is more gonna be aligned to Fox and Bagley than it is to the other and guys. now.
0: Di Vincenzo
1: and Di Vincenzo. And so I think another guy, I'm not saying he will move. I'm just saying a guy that I would be calling about if I were a, a good team is N- Nemanja Bielica. I think that's another guy who could be had for a contract
0: becomes guaranteed on Thursday.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's a guy that I would be looking at too, but yeah, you know, I, um can I, I, I want to, cl- can I clarify one thing? Yeah. I mentioned before Giannis and, and would he sign something shorter than supermax? I just want to be super crystal clear on this. The supermax that I'm texting with Bobby Marks now just to make sure is all or nothing five years. That's what the supermax is. So when That's I say, right. can he sign a shorter deal? I mean, obviously not the supermax and there's no two year supermax or three year supermax. That's right. Um, I don't know what he's going to do. If, what, well, what you are not the
0: me. only person who has brought that up to me, but the incentive for him to sign now is to get this 224 million.
1: Oh, for sure. No, I, and I talked about this with Simmons last week or whenever the hell he was on my podcast. I said, you know, there's because Bill was very confident he wasn't going to sign. And I said, well, look, there's something to there's something to signing a piece of paper that guarantees you a quarter billion dollars today. When you can it, when you can, you know, and you and when the other teams a year from now can offer you four years and like 90 million dollars less than that or something like that. And you can make up some of that but not all of it. And you can always demand a trade later. Like I didn't think it was ridiculous out of hand for him to just want the security because people look at these stars and say, well, look at what James Harden just did. He turned down a two year, hundred million dollar extension. They don't need security. Their talent is their security, but well, it's still... James
0: Harden will have made over 300 million by the time this current contract comes to an end. So just FYI on that. Um, uh, one more thing real quick. We talked about Sacramento real quick. I just want to say something real quick about Orlando. I feel Orlando is in the same boat. I know they squeaked into the playoffs last year. Um, I think Orlando will make some moves heading younger as well. I think Evan Fournier, who just opted into his contract, is available on the trade market. Uh, Aaron Gordon um, uh, is available on the trade market. Um, I have not heard that that, uh, Vucevic or Terrence Ross are. But it would not surprise me if Orlando makes a move in the same direction as Sacramento, just as a, uh, just to sort of handle that piece of business. Both of those teams, I think, are in the same, in the same boat. Um, we'll talk about some of the other trades. I mean, you know, it's funny. Can, can I ask you one question before we yeah. start, get off? Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm not quite all the way there with you on that. These guys are going to be plus trade value contracts once they re-sign. Once Holiday resigns and Middleton right now, I think would be decently tough to trade for for like really good plus value. Yeah,
0: he makes $33 million.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe something neutral. I This is sort of a rhetorical question, but I, I do think it matters, and it's going to annoy Bucks fans who are euphoric today. I just want to put it to you. How much better is Drew Holiday than Malcolm Brogdon?
0: Well, that's a completely different conversation.
1: But it's not different. It's connected.
0: Well... If you're saying that they should have kept Malcolm Brogdon, that's a different conversation.
1: That is a independent conversation. I'm just saying you gave up three picks and two swaps for a guy who I do think is better than Malcolm Brogdon. Let me be clear. I think he's a better two-way player than Malcolm Brogdon. But is he that
0: much better than Malcolm Brogdon? No. I think... Uh, I'm just I, saying. I think in retrospect... They would have resigned Malcolm Brogdon if for no other reason than he has value as he would have had value at that contract number. And, and then
1: it, your your level of need and desperation is a little bit different and and than it than it was last night. Uh, but that yeah, said, the Bucks. I, I
0: agree Bucs, with that, but I agree with that.
1: The Bucks are better than they were yesterday. Are they and, better
0: than uh, the Nets with James Harden? Assume that the Nets have to trade everything that they re-sign Joe Harris and they add Serge Ibaka or a player of that caliber. Are Are the Nets with Harden, Kyrie, I mean, by the way, just think about this. Harden, Kyrie, Durant, Joe Harris, Serge Ibaka. They also have DeAndre Jordan, but Serge could play stretch minutes. It might be the best shooting team in theory of all time even better than the than the the warriors uh is that <laughs> that structure versus this milwaukee structure uh how do you look, feel about it's, that? It's
1: very early. It's very early. We have no information on how these teams will look. On paper. We don't even know who the hell is on the teams that we're talking about right now.
0: Right, but I just want you to think about that.
1: I, I think it's. I think it's a very, very tough conversation. I, I probably would give a slight and totally meaningless, given we know nothing about these teams right now. It's about yeah, a there's, there's
0: going to be a fight for these minimum guys, and that's those guys. Well, are we also them. don't know
1: what Durant looks like. We don't know the, like a lot of major things. But if Durant looks like 95 percent of what he was, I would probably lean a little bit towards that construction of the Brooklyn team but it's it's a hell of a it's a hell of a fight um uh yeah i think i think the bucks are better and look if if this is what it takes to get Giannis to come back then it's kind of like winning a championship almost like you just so you just just chalk it up you just chalk it up
0: yeah so from what i understand you know um you know they were haggling over the swaps and the in the draft picks and milwaukee paid a little bit more than they wanted to um agreed agreed uh whether it was an extra pick or an extra swap or whatever it was. But if they do get Giannis to sign, it's a momentous, momentous accomplishment. Um, Had they won a championship, you know, would have just been like the, the, uh, the sweetener attached to it, but they haven't, they, they've had disappointing years. And, and again, having somebody who was sitting there in Cleveland when, uh, when this happened with LeBron leaving after two similar type seasons, where they were, you know, so good, and then were disappointments in the playoffs. It's a, it's a giant. I mean, it's not a championship, but it's, it's just below to keep a two time MVP. I mean, they well, have Gianna, not-
1: Giannis is the whole thing. Giannis is the arena, the restaurants outside the arena, the vibe.
0: They all haven't. Of it. They haven't been to the finals since 1975, when Kareem Abdul Jabbar was there. They haven't had a player of that caliber for 45 years. Well, I mean, he's been here for a few years, but 40 years. It took them to get a player back of that caliber. Keeping him, even if it's, even if it is for something shorter than another five, is huge. And not only that, this season was going to be, not going to be, this season likely was going to be very stressful if he, I mean, we're making the assumption he's signing. This season was going to be very stressful if he doesn't sign. and or could still know, be. It could still be very stressful, but if he signs, it changes everything. It and by the way, the among,
1: among the people it would have been stressful for or could still be stressful for if he does not sign it, is Giannis himself, who has been the good guy, the white knight, the lovable dude, the guy who is trying to lift this small market team to the, to the promised land, and all of a sudden would be asked every day about – what, how are you feeling? What do you well, think? Well, even
0: if he wasn't asked every day, it would be discussed every day. Yes. Because uh, I, I know that people have said like, uh, oh, he'll just say on 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 uh, the first day of the year, I'm not talking about it. But it doesn't work that way. And it
1: his teammates are on edge all season too. I mean, that's just how this works. Right. You know, it's a story right. that they're going to be asked about um, every day. I, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, look, if, if it gets him to stay, go all in and let's do it. I, I think they made themselves better. I'm not sure how much better yet. I'm still sort of digesting it all because George Hill was a good player for them last year. Rick Bledsoe was a good regular season player, his playoff failures and and stress uh, struggles have been well documented. I get it. Um they have no depth. Maybe that's good for Bud to have no depth. <laughs> you'll have, to play, you'll have to lean on the starters a lot more. I I actually think that was a thought that that crossed their mind in in doing all of this. Um but I do think they're they're better I, it, it, will, it remains to be seen how much better, but they are better, and this is a big moment for Drew Holiday. This is this feels like the capper of his career. You know, he gets traded from Philadelphia to trigger the process. Injuries dog him there, and then early in New Orleans, the Anthony Davis thing goes. Hey, why that team can never get healthy? Whether it's Ryan Anderson or Eric Gordon or Drew himself or Tyreek Evans or on and on and on. It's just it's Tyreek Evans. It's just snake bit all the way through. And now now he ends up here in this situation. I think it's it's a great moment for him.
0: Say two things. Number one, it's my understanding that Bogdan really wanted to play with Giannis. That he potentially could have had more money elsewhere. So he goes to Milwaukee, not a free agent destination. He goes to Milwaukee to play with Giannis. Um, Drew, from what I understand, the Pelicans as they decided to trade him, by the way, why did the Pelicans decide to trade him? What was the precipitating event that they decided to trade him? I don't know the answer. Well, I guess we'll hear from Griff, David Griffin, eventually on that.
1: Um, I don't, does it have to be one event? I think it could be a combination of lots of different things, right?
0: Yeah. I just, I mean, last year, I mean, like I, this deal ended up being hard on the Pelicans. The Pelicans, from what I understand, really wanted a top 10 pick in this draft. Uh, they had a guy that they liked and and maybe they will get that top 10 pick. It's not over, but they really wanted to get a top 10 pick for Drew holiday. And some of the teams that they were negotiating with for drew holiday were out there trying to get a top 10 pick to satisfy them. Uh, And they couldn't get that pick. And I also think that they thought Brooklyn and Philadelphia would have some, some interest. Well, Brooklyn and Philadelphia have maybe bigger fish to fry. So they, their bids were maybe not what the, pelicans were hoping they were talking to denver we, we mentioned on on your pod last night that we thought denver denver thought they had made a very compelling offer um but they ended up griff ended up doing a a draft pick deal essentially now i i do think that he likes Bledsoe. so uh, i don't think he'll keep both hill and Bledsoe. i think there's a market for george hill um but it, it was it was kind of a rough deal for him to to make but from what i understand uh Bledsoe's or uh, Drew Holiday had the freedom to talk with teams about whether he was willing to extend. And, you know, there were certain teams that he wasn't willing to extend with. Um, and him going to Milwaukee, I mean, I don't think it's agreed to. I want to be clear about that. And they really can't do it until February. Uh, but I think he is open to extending. Otherwise, I don't think they do this deal, no matter how many picks work. Clearly, and
1: I think when you talk about what precipitated it, I think it's any number of things from Zion and, and Brandon Ingram being much younger than Drew Holiday to what turned out to be a great return being on the table. I mean, you're talking about five potential draft assets, and you can laugh about it and say – well, the Bucks draft picks are going to be crap as long as Giannis is there. But these picks are some, three of the five draft assets are 25, 26, and twenty seven. Like we don't know what what is, we don't know if, is of course what, not is the world going to be underwater in twenty twenty seven? I don't know twenty seven.
0: Who knows? But what I'll say just outstanding uh, unprotected picks. That's a that's a rough thing to have on your on your sheet. Um, but what my point about all this is is you have two guys who had options. Saying I want to be in Milwaukee, you know, I will go to Milwaukee. I see a future for myself in Milwaukee. That is not a minor feat. It doesn't get you two points on the scoreboard, it doesn't get you a buy into the second round of the playoffs, but that is that is not nothing. That is Giannis Atenacumpo as a drawing card. That is you know what do they say about star players? Come get guys to come play with you. I know that this isn't LeBron getting Anthony Davis. I recognize that this isn't um, some of the, the star super teams that have been built, but this is Giannis drawing in these guys, um, and they paid a pretty penny. They, you know, they paid a premium for it. It wasn't like it was, uh, you know, they were coming for nothing. But th- there's something to be said for that. Before I move well, on,
1: and I just want to say one more thing. One thing I've said from the from consistently, and I still believe it is. For all the noise, I've always said the most fun outcome for me as a neutral NBA person is for Giannis to stay in Milwaukee. I think these small markets have to have it's better when they have a chance, it's better when the talent is a little bit more spread out, it's better when a place like Milwaukee has a moment that lasts for longer than a moment, which this is now hopefully going to last for them from their perspective. Hopefully, um, and I, you know, and as hokey and romantic as it sounds. The, the Dirk title and titles of that ilk are more memorable because he stayed in that city for his entire career and wanted to win there and, and gave everything to win there. And the fans lived and died with him and felt his failures and felt pain along with him when he failed and felt his triumphs when he triumphed. Like it just is. It just is like that title to all NBA fans our age and probably 10 years younger stands out not only because it was a one-time only thing the mavericks never won again but because it just it felt cool and i and i think that's what a Giannis title in milwaukee would feel like and i think that's healthy for the league frankly that's better to me it's healthier than him going to golden state or him going to whatever super team you want him to
0: construct all right i'll touch a few things here um looking at some other things happen in the league uh Uh, I think one of the most interesting things you had the story today, Gordon Hayward was supposed to decide on this $34 million, uh, option for next season by five o'clock Tuesday. He and the Celtics agreed to push that back to, I think five o'clock Thursday after the draft, Correct. which leaves the, leaves the Celtics, um, the draft night to potentially move around using Gordon Hayward. What do you I mean it is not I mean it is a poorly kept secret that Gordon Hayward has been looking around at options um for the last month um if he were to opt out of that contract which is huge money 34 million um not great for the for the Celtics we, we they we, they lost Al Horford for nothing last year they lose Gordon Hayward for nothing this year it's not great asset wise what do you make of Gordon Hayward and this decision and sort of what looks like the Celtics working with him either opt in and they maybe trade him or he opts out and maybe assign and trade and and leaving you know sort of agreeing to work together through the draft for it
1: yeah I mean all those options are on the table um opt in and I think the Celtics would love if he opted in and they could just keep him and figure it out. I mean, they think he's a very good player and he was a very good player for them last year. When I healthy. mean, this
0: is probably surprising some fans, those of us who are, you know, we've heard about this for a while. I've been talking to people about Gordon Hayward for weeks. This is probably surprising some fans though, Zach. I, I think,
1: think it's been out there. The Rumble, we, the, we've, I've talked about it, but the other, it's been out there. Maybe it's a little surprising, but I, I don't think so anymore, particularly not diehard Boston fans. Um, but, um, what was I saying? Oh, Hayward. Uh, they, yeah. They it, it, it's a fascinating situation. You know, they'd be thrilled, I think, if he opted in and just sort of played it out, which is, I think, is it the most likely outcome? I don't know, but it's up there. I don't know, um, I don't know either. And, and, you know, um, our, our old colleague, Chris Haynes, wrote a story about the Hawks being a potential target for him. I wrote weeks ago or I, I think I wrote it. I, either I said it on a podcast with Bobby Marks or I wrote it or both. You know, that's gonna be the leverage play for Gordon. You know, if he wants Boston's cooperation with an opt-in and trade or a sign and trade, he needs to convince them I will just walk, I will opt out and walk somewhere and opt out
0: away from 34 million. I don't I, think and, can and unfor- for 34 million.
1: And unfortunately for him, the teams that he can opt out and just walk to are not good and uh, are, are not are not are not contending teams um anytime soon. And so you know, it's not surprising to me that some Hawks noise came out today as a little nudge right Right when the option deadline gets extended. I think it's a fascinating situation. Um, there are any number of places where he could perhaps end up. I don't know where he will end up, but um, it will be interesting to see.
0: Um, Boston has been having conversation with, with, with teams trying to move into the top 10, uh, offering their picks. But Danny Ainge, a lot of times Boston does a lot of talking and then doesn't execute i think danny Ainge like probes around a lot so i don't know whether like is gordon hayward the type of player that you can trade to move into that to that top 10 is there a, you know are they waiting to see if a certain player is available when a pick becomes available um i don't know i mean there's been a lot of teams that have tried to move into the top 10 zach in this last uh, seven to ten days and these teams aren't really looking to give up those picks uh even no matter what anybody says about this draft
1: yeah, people like um, people like the picks. Nobody like the top three picks are like you know. There's been all this trade noise, trade buzz about them, but people like the picks sort of below that and and are happy to have them. And so yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm just going through the list of teams in the top ten in my head, like who would give their pick for Gordon Hayward. It's a it, it's a tough it's a tough match, particularly since a couple of those teams just have cap room to sign him if he wants to go there anyway. Um, you know, it's it's tough to find the right match.
0: I can think of one
1: that would give their top ten pick for Gordon Hayward.
0: Well, it's hard to trade for him because he makes thirty four million. You can't just give your pick. But I can think of a team in the top five that could be that could be very interested in Gordon Hayward.
1: And who's that? Can you say them or no?
0: The Cavaliers of Cleveland.
1: Well, the, it's an interesting. It's that's an interesting one because they were
0: Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond opted into his contract.
1: I. I I have never gotten the vibes that, well, uh, yes. Okay. So the, the deal you're proposing is Hayward for Drummond and number five or Hayward and 14 for Drummond and five, something like that. Right. That's right. Um, that's an interesting one because hayward for drummond straight up is not something that i've ever gotten the understanding that boston would do they would need to be incentivized to do anything like that is 14 to I, 5 I is 14 to 5 enough of his incentive
0: well they have two other first round picks too i mean maybe not 14.
1: um but you know gordon was famously a a, a cleveland target the first time around in free agency um
0: it's a different front office, different front but, office. You know. But
1: I've, I've I have heard that affection for him and his game remains there. Um, that's an interesting one. I, I you know I, that that Hayward Drummond construction has been bandied about here and there. I have not heard that much momentum behind it. Is is but you seem to be indicating there could be momentum behind it, which is interesting.
0: Well, I think it it depends on if the guy is available at five that the Celtics would want. Sure.
1: It could be an on the it could be an on the clock uh, on the clock thing.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. Now, it, you know, I am not a draft expert. I leave that to Gavoni and Schmitz. I will say that in talking to executives, the Chicago pick is a transformational pick for the for the the lottery. People do not have a good feel for what um, Arturus Kondrashov is going to do in his first draft. Um, there's a feel that. Um, Edwards, Wiseman, Ball—maybe in that order. Maybe there's a surprise, but I suspect in that order. One, two, three. People do not have a good feel for what Chicago is going to do at four. They've just let two of their point guards, um, Shaquille Harrison and Chris Dunn—they not, not—they did not qualify them. They're—they're they're going to be gone. Not that you're not drafting a point guard because you've got those guys, but they are in need of a point guard. So some people believe that it could be Tyrese Halliburton there. Um, but Chicago people don't know what Chicago is going to do, and and the, the teams behind them at five, six, seven, eight, uh, their decisions will hinge on what the Bulls do. That's my read on talking to people. I don't know if you have anything. Similar.
1: Well, I and I I will say I, that my bet is Minnesota picks Edwards at one. So I agree with you that that's the most likely. Most
0: of the league feels yeah, that most, but, yeah, but 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 nobody's super comfortable.
1: No, it's not a bet that. that I would I would you know, bet a large portion of my life savings on or anything like that. Um, <laughs> ball at three is interesting that there has been, you know, there has been a little more of that buzz in the mock. Some of the mocks have him there. Now there was a moment where a, a Kongu from USC was maybe going to be the pick at three. So we'll see Char- so, uh, Charlotte. is so
0: Something interesting has happened with a Kongu um, who played with the ball brothers at Chino Hills in California. Um there was a lot of momentum for him, and there's been some medical stuff that has been out over the last week. Some people say that is not a big deal. Somebody is just trying to put up a smoke screen. But Okungu has been sliding around because of that. So I don't know what's true. But, but uh, yeah, no, Chicago
1: has um, been a mystery, and what they do it for is going to obviously have a huge trickle-down effect, and no one can figure out what they will do it for. So that's part of the reason why draft day is always such a fun day.
0: Dot com sign up today claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package all right moving off the draft um i wanted to know how you felt about a, a trade that got sort of overwhelmed last night but i felt was an interesting trade um both the reason houston did it and what you thought about the the price but um Trevor Ariza and two first-round picks for Robert Covington.
1: Uh, I I didn't mind it for either team. I, I thought it was fine for either team. We we I, I had a quick reference to the Blazers on the podcast we did um, uh, last night, where I I was bullish on them making a move to fortify the power forward spot. That's true. Um,
0: <laughs> you. You did hit that one, and we also talked about, you know, if you know Covington potentially coming available. So and, we actually maybe sprinkled past that.
1: Yeah, one. I didn't. I didn't necessarily th- expect it to be Covington, but you know, two firsts is a lot. But Ariza, you have to kind of assume is on his last legs, right? Robert Covington is in his prime. He's on a great contract for two more years twelve at twelve point one, twelve point nine. You know, the last of that Philly extension. Um. So you know, this, what is Portland picking sixteen in in the draft? Um tomorrow and then the 2021 or the next pick after that, whatever it is. um, that That's a fair, that's a fair price to me for that kind of upgrade. And for, for Houston, it's not like killer draft equity. I mean, you gave up Capella and, and a pick to get Covington. Um, it's not killer draft equity, but it's also not bad. And like Robert Covington is not, um, I mean, you like, it's possible to Bucks it or the, the, the Pelicans didn't get a great pick in the Drew Holiday bonanza. They could all be picks in the twenties, right? Like sometimes you just don't get great picks for people. And I thought that was a decent return for Houston and and a team that desperately just needs to not be completely hamstrung when it comes to their picks because of all the stuff they gave up for Russ. So I thought it was fine for both teams. It didn't. It didn't. I actually think it's exciting for the Blazers to be honest. I think he fits the Blazers really well. They their defense was awful. He can shoot threes. He can play off Dame and CJ. Doesn't need the ball at all. I have said before, I think Robert Covington during the peak, Robert Covington frenzy um had become fairly overrated. Like I and and the book is out now that he's not a great one-on-one defender and maybe not even a good one, but he's an elite team defender who's blocking shots like a center in Houston. Um his three-point shooting is is not what I think, again, the analytics people have cracked it up to be. But he's a good player who fits their team. And the Blazers, you know. We'll see what else they have cooking this offseason, but they're a good, solid team, and you get them. One of the favorites above them in the Western Conference gets them in the second round or something and takes a sprained ankle or suffers a Damian Lillard multiple-game eruption. Like They're a problem.
0: Um, well, so Houston, I don't know if this necessarily is like, okay, we're definitely trading Harden, but um, it was a, it was a move that I'll bet that, I wasn't sure they were going to make it the start of the week. Um, I'll put it that way. Uh, at least not for reason. They could have traded Covington, but not not for Ariza and picks. Yeah, everyone um, wanted
1: to make it the first domino. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just like, we got to get some picks in the door. This guy's not a part of the... We're not playing the micro ball anymore. Let's just
0: get some picks. So, yeah, for sure. they They don't have picks. So... Tim McMahon did a story that came out tonight where he had a quote from a Rockets official that said, quote, we're willing to get uncomfortable. In other words, just because Westbrook and Harden have made trade demands doesn't mean that we're going to acquiesce and we don't have a problem with them coming to, uh, to training camp, even if they're not happy. Uh, I will say this, the Rockets are elite um, and even though Daryl is gone, so there must have been backups um, helping him out with this. The Rockets are elite at shaping the narrative. Uh, that's a kinder way of saying spinning. Uh, I think leaking that Harden turned down a two-year, 103 million dollar extension was a shrewd move. Uh, this quote is a is setting a tone, not only sending a message to Harden and Westbrook, but also sending a message to a team out there that thinks it's going to catch them in some sort of distress deal. Um, I'm not sure they can spin their way out of this situation, but. Yeah, that's cool. Like, that's all cool.
1: I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think, I don't think like, uh, I don't, I don't think Sean Marks reads that story and is like, oh God, they're, really keep, <laughs> they're keeping James like every, my, everything has been thrown awry for me. I, I don't, you know. I, I think it's cool to say that. Like, that's cool. Like, you should say that. And and really, you know, maybe the message is not meant for Sean Marks or Daryl Morey or whatever GM you want to make up, who's theoretically chasing James Harden. Maybe the message is meant for James Harden, and maybe the message is meant is meant for Russell Westbrook to a lesser extent. But maybe the message is, you really want to do this just like we touched on this this topic last night like are you gonna, what are you are you gonna sit out? like what are you gonna do? like come play you want to play? I don't think you want to go through the scrutiny of of whatever the end game of that scenario is. Maybe the message is for those for the players too whether it is well received or not or whether it's a smart move or not is a different story, but it it could be not for not for the James Harden suitors or it could be for both the audiences.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, again, there's the, the Kobe path we talked about last night. You could just say we're not trading you. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're managing the message, and I think doing okay. Uh, it doesn't dig them out of the hole, but um, they're doing okay. What did you think of the reported, which I think um, McMahon um, has confirmed, that there was at least some cursory discussion about Russell Westbrook for John Wall, which we sort of threw out in passing last night kind of quasi-joking. But
1: I, I um, can't remember exactly what trade it was, but there was a trade between, I want to say the Hornets and the Pistons, centering around Ben Gordon and Corey Maggette. I may be getting the details wrong, where I called it the most depressing trade in nba history because it was just like the players weren't relevant it was just all about like unwanted salaries like for players that had become sort of like nba nerd beloved players in their primes and this reminds me of that where it's just like we've really arrived there where the teams with those two contracts just call each other i'm just making this up just call each other and be like how you doing how you feeling tonight how many drinks are you into the you want to get frisky you want you want to get crazy you up?
0: You up? You up? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy. Tommy Shepherd, one of the great guys in the NBA. Can we agree on that? General no manager question. of the Wizards. No question. Tommy, you Tommy, you up? <laughs> uh,
1: I maybe apologize oh if I'm God. getting the details of the of that trade wrong. I know Ben Gordon was in it. There's some trade where I was like, this is it. It's not going to get and then <laughs> and then you had the Biombo Mazgov trade. Where like the twenty six yeah. the poster children for the twenty sixteen <laughs> cap spike yeah. bonanza were traded for each other. And like maybe that has surpassed it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh well,
1: stay I'm tuned. I'm looking it up now. You know, don't end the podcast. Give me another get another topic okay. while I look up this trade because it's gonna drive me crazy.
0: Um so Golden State Warriors, you think they I think they've had a, a number of offers for number two. Ah, uh, some of them have been interesting. I've heard some of them. I I, I just don't want to be that guy who puts it out there. But, um, you think they? Uh, you think they go ahead and stay in draft? Uh,
1: I don't know. You know, it's hard to know. I I haven't. There's been there's been so much noise about these these two t- teams at the top of the draft.
0: I know. Um,
1: I haven't landed anywhere yet. I mean, I'm sure they're still talking. There are some. I've pitched all of them. I've made up every fake trade for the warriors at number two. I think some of them are reasonable. Some they are reasonable. They don't like some are unreasonable. Some of the rumors are, are I think totally unfounded. So that leaves me. I I did not find, I did not find a veteran star that they could get for number two. I kicked around drew holiday trades. That ship is obviously sailed. Sure. Stuff is out there, but the confusion and the, and in my inability to land anywhere where I felt solid with, with what they would do and what they were planning to do leads me to believe that, if I had to guess, that, that they
0: they probably feel the that same. That they way. make
1: the pick. That they just make the pick, particular yeah, if we, if, particularly the if way. if it's, if Wiseman is there.
0: Yeah, I think they feel the same way. Also, I think teams that were preparing for Giannis twenty twenty one Miami, Dallas, Golden State, maybe New York. Although New York doesn't have much to choose. Toronto. From. Toronto. I think they you know, I don't I don't know how drastically it could affect their, their plans Friday, but um, it could be plan B for I, I think team of team.
1: those teams, Miami is the one that maybe is affected the most. Because I think Dallas is already trying to hunt for good players anyway. Figuring if he picks us, we'll just we'll just make it happen. Toronto has the Van Vliet thing; they can take care of that either way and still have been fine theoretically to to make things happen for Giannis. Miami's got Dragic and Crowder, and they have the Bam out of Bio um, Max sitting there, where they could have played the cap hold game, wait a year, and be a cheaper cap hold. And and you know, as I've said before, Bam and Giannis have the same agent; yeah, that's tricky tricky. And now that becomes perhaps simpler for them at this point.
0: True. Uh, all right. Well, um, I I don't know whether tomorrow will be super interesting or not. I, I Seven or eight days ago, I felt like there was going to be a lot of action on draft night, but we've had so much happen. And who knows what will happen as soon as I mean, I feel like as soon as we wrap this stuff, we'll start. To if happen. it
1: does, let's just jump back on. If it happens before 11, it's 10 right now. If it happens before 11, right and just for the record, <laughs> In June 2012, so probably at the draft, the Charlotte Bobcats, the Bobcats, first of all, that makes every trade 15% more depressing right off the bat. The <laughs> Bobcats acquired Ben Gordon in a top 14, a, a, a protected pick that became less protected as the years went on in exchange uh, for Corey McGeddy, who went to the Pistons. And the pick became Noah Vonleh to just circle out the cycle of depression that's the trade i don't remember exactly so my guess is cory mcgetty had had one more or i'm sorry ben gordon must have had one more year uh uh, or cory mcgetty rather had one more year left on the deal than ben gordon or whatever the mechanics would have been but it was very depressing and uh that's all
0: on that note thank you for listening to the hoop collective podcast low post crossover zach thank you thank you to our producer troy thank you to our producer last night dan Thanks for listening. We got a lot more coming. We have no idea. Uh, You could probably be laughing as this podcast closes for what we didn't know when we posted it. So be easy on us. Otherwise, enjoy the draft. We'll talk to you soon.